0: Training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Pendola Project. I'm your host, Matt Pendola. And today I am actually going solo. So I thought I would talk about Father's Day. That's coming up, or for those of you listening now, I think it was probably yesterday, so happy belated Father's Day to everyone out there. I thought about what type of lessons that I've learned over the years as an athlete and as a coach and just in my health and fitness journey, how have I used some of those lessons to be a better father, to be the type of father that I, I want to be for my daughter, Mia, so first thing I thought about was, are you good enough? And so I'll start with the athletic side of that journey. As As an athlete, my mentality was fear-based sometimes because I didn't know that I was good enough to compete, especially not at the higher levels. And I had to overcome those fears. And Feel the fear and, and do it anyways. And I am so grateful for the lessons I learned in sports and for the coaches and the father figure types that really took me under my wing. So for that one, I think of Coach Gray when I was in eighth grade and he really believed in me. He taught me that I was good enough and that really if I worked hard enough, I could get there, too. I could get on the podium, too. And even if I didn't, that that's okay if I did my best. And I was so lucky to have that type of influence from Coach Gray. And if you listen back to one of my initial podcasts that I did about my life, he was the guy that really went out of his way to just get me going in my love for running. And so I'll be forever grateful to Coach Gray for that. The next thing I thought about was, can I make the time that I want out of my life? Can I carve the time to spend with a child, with my daughter, Mia? And really, I was scared because when I found out that my wife was pregnant, I knew that I was working way too many hours to be a present father. And yet at the time, I was still trying to get my business to grow. I mean, really, my business was my baby at the time. And of course, that scared me because I didn't want to be that kind of father that maybe sure was giving the financial support needed, but wasn't there and present. And I remember my wife sitting down with me and saying, you realize that you're going to have to cut back you realize you're not going to be able to work as much as you do now. And I did realize it, but I thought there was, you know, of course a balance between making money and having that kind of success, but then also spending time at home. So how can I do enough of both and am I going to be adequate at that? And again, looking back at my athletic career or even just looking back at my training over the years people for example think that I have all the time in the day to get in my training to to get in what I enjoy doing because it's what I do for a living and in all actuality I just had to carve out the time I had to make the time I've told you guys I'll be at my gym tomorrow morning training at 4 a.m. Because that's when I can do it. And that is the time I have to do it. But I prioritize that time. So, just like that lesson, realizing in my mind that I've always been able to make the time when something is important enough to me, I'll make the time to do it. And one of my pet peeves, really, quite honestly, is when I hear people talking about how they don't have enough time. To train or they don't have enough time to take care of themselves, to be healthy, to be fit, because it really is so important. And I get it, we're all busy. But when you realize how important it is, you will make the time, you will figure it out, you will find the time. And it's the same as being a father, as being a present father. And I do think that it can be a struggle sometimes But overall, I think I've made the right choices. I do put my daughter first. And I make sure that I structure my day, my week, my month, my year. And I put the time in because it's important to me. Just like I did for any other competition I was training for or just main goal that I had. And my legacy has certainly changed now. And my main goal is to be the man that my daughter thinks I am, right? So that's uh, it's, it's so important that I even live halfway up to her expectations. So I will always make the time, as I'm sure you all listening will as well. So going into my next lesson I've learned, you won't be and shouldn't be perfect, Now, this is one that I see a lot with my athletes. Many times when they're hitting a rough spot, especially when they're competing and kind of falling short of their competition goals, and they're getting more losses than wins, I think they're trying to be perfect. They're trying to not make any mistakes, and yet forgetting that the best of the best probably fail more often than they are actually succeeding, but they just keep trying and they keep working towards that ultimate goal. And that is the same to me as being a father who's not perfect and who makes those mistakes and who messes up sometimes with his schedule or shows up later than than I should. I may be at the park a little bit later than I said I would be or than I wanted to be but I truly tried to get there as soon as I could and now I just make the most out of the time that I do have with her so I'm trying not to dwell on what didn't happen but focusing a lot more on what's happening now and I know in that sense just being present putting my phone away really paying attention to what my daughter is saying or being in the moment with her to teach her a new game or just to chase each other around the park and be silly. Those type of things are where I realize that the mistakes I make are well made up for when I just spend good quality time with her. And she, she knows that I'm doing my best. And yet at the same time, I've learned that I should just say, I'm sorry if I am a little bit grumpy, if I come home and work a really long day, and she really doesn't understand that, and I just have to understand that my attitude as a father will not always be perfect. My responses sometimes are not always as patient as they should be, but I'll think about that and tell her, you know, I'm sorry I was a little bit short with you. What were you trying to say? And I'll let her know that I was tired, that I had a bad day. And she'll say, Daddy, that's okay. I understand. And she'll give me a hug. And, man, that does, that changes everything. That makes my day worth it right there. It doesn't matter how bad the day was. And as an athlete or when I coach athletes that understand that they don't have to be perfect – that the process isn't about being perfect you get that that weight lifted from your shoulders and you can truly perform at your best and so that's what I keep trying to remind myself as a person as a father as a husband as a friend you know anything in your life that you're trying your best it's not perfect and that's okay and I do think that that allows you to give yourself permission to just keep moving forward, failing forward, and understanding that you can make mistakes and you actually should make mistakes. But just, you know, be, be real about it. Be honest about it. Put your ego aside. Say you're sorry when you're sorry. You know, don't, don't have those, those kind of regrets. And so those are the things that, that I really am trying to improve upon myself um, and not expecting myself to be perfect. The next thing is the process, and that kind of relates to what I was just talking about, but understanding that the process really is what matters. In my process, as I'm going to take my career right now. I was always working as hard as I could, or at least to the best that I knew, to improve my business, to be able to improve myself as a coach, to improve my knowledge, my cues as a coach, you know, as and even as an athlete, how I'm going to improve in competition so that I can, you know, have that relayed even to my athletes a little bit better. And I realized over time that I was rushing the process. I wasn't really enjoying the process as much as I should. A lot of times, as an athlete, I think the process was just get this workout done. Get the, get the numbers down in my log. I want to be able to say that I did this today. And that won't last. Over time, I understood it was about learning from the process. And that's why I call it a learning log now. What did I learn today? What did, how did I benefit Am I a better version of myself today? Am I 1% better because I understood the process and I understand what really matters? And again, kind of giving myself permission to say, you know what, today didn't go that well, but compared to what, how did I improve on any level? Maybe there's just one thing I can think of that I did a little bit better And failed miserably at everything else, but I still want to recognize that that failure was a part of my process or my shortcomings, part of my process as long as I'm willing to learn from it. So it goes without saying that this is what I try to teach my daughter as well. And she tries so hard sometimes to do something that just doesn't necessarily work out the way she thought it would or not as soon as she thought it would and so this is where these kind of conversations really help and I know that she looks to me for this kind of influence and this kind of advice and then you know just like one of my athletes or as people that I'm coaching that I'm trying to give them good education so they understand why Why is this important for my process? So it could be something just as simple as having the patience to draw a picture of a horse. And that's what she was doing a couple months ago. And really understanding that it wasn't about making that horse's face perfect or the body perfect. It was just about starting and just about putting the time in to enjoy what it's like to draw a horse that you love and that you one day want to be able to ride. And imagine what it's going to be like riding that horse one day. Now just enjoy drawing that horse out. And over a couple hours, she had drawn a picture of a horse that she was really proud of. Whereas when she first started drawing a few of those pictures, she crumpled up the paper and didn't like the way it looked. And quite honestly, I do a little bit of drawing, not to say that I'm, I'm a real artist, but she was trying to make that horse look like mine. And she under, ended up realizing that it was her horse to draw. It didn't need to look like my horse. And she ended up showing that horse to her class and that was just a, such a proud moment for her she got to she got to show something of her own process that she had done enjoying it and understanding that that's how i get better at doing things like this by enjoying the process and by learning from the process so that's an important lesson that i think that we can always all get better at and all learn more and finally i'd like to talk about surrounding ourselves with good people and good culture. And of course, for Mia, for my daughter, I feel like she has the best people around her. And I feel so lucky to be able to have that kind of a culture and share that kind of a culture with her. And of course, a lot of that comes from having the right community around us and, and such amazing people that truly have empathy and really do care about my daughter as I care about their children and it takes a village right so we're all so fortunate to know each other and to support each other but of course that comes over time as you make good relationships and surround yourself with those good people I learned so much of that as an athlete, I learned to communicate. I learned in team sports, and I also just learned over t- over time from having other people that just went out of their way to help me, and I didn't understand why, and then realized that that's just the way it is. That's the way it's supposed to be, that people want to help other people. It's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are and who we want to be in our own legacies, we have people who relied on me like this. And I I think I was scared of it. I think I thought I was going to be a terrible father and, and I just would be selfish and I wouldn't have the time for my daughter. I wouldn't want to give up other goals that I had because now I'm spending this this time instead with my, with my kid, right? I'd rather be out training or, or making more money or just getting ahead more, right? Or at least that's what I feared I would become. I didn't want to be that kind of person, but I, I think I thought I was too selfish to be a good father. And I did have good people in my life though, that they were just role models for me, really. Really? People like Mike Stoker and John Metzger and Steve Kazaza, Chad Anthony, guys like this that that I saw what kind of fathers that they were. And these were guys in my community that they were the type of fathers that I wish I had had and yet realized that just because I didn't have that growing up didn't mean that I couldn't be that. And it, it might sound silly, but I, I needed to actually see these fathers in action. And as a coach, I got to see these fathers in action. And I got to see the type of fathering and the type of mentoring that they did. And again, it, relating it back to sport, I realized that I have never accomplished anything as an athlete by myself, I needed some good coaching, I needed some guidance, and I needed people in my community to believe in me and to cheer me on and support me and pick me up when I fell down and the the that's what a father does and and that's that's what I realized that you know i I have learned these lessons along the way and i and I have seen these fathers give the type of examples that that I needed to 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 have in my own life and so Over the last eight years, a little bit more now, I've learned that my life is exponentially better, of course, because I'm a father. It was nothing to be afraid of. This was always meant to be, and I couldn't have it better. My life could not be any better in my mind, and that's the thing. It's not about how much money I'm making. It's not about how many awards I've won or if I got on the podium. It, it's All of that is not the outcome. It's, it's, all of, it's all about how my little girl looked at me this morning. I got up early, went for my run with my dog Lily, loved that part of my day, came home she had just gotten up a little bit earlier than normal so she could surprise me. I start opening the door and she's jumping up and down. I get this big hug from her and of course, uh, happy Father's Day and I'm already starting to tear up, you know. And then she has an apple pie for me, bacon, eggs, uh, my favorite <laughs> my favorite foods in the world all at once and 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 she even made a special coffee. Of course, you know, mommy helped with all this stuff. But, man, I just, I, it, all at once, you know, I just realized how how fortunate I, I've become. And how did I get here? And, and it just got me reflecting back to one guy that I think showed me all of this, all of these lessons who became my father figure and realizing that, geez, you know, I don't think I would be here without Les Nesbitt. And he was the guy who really went out of his way for me and became that figure in my life. And I didn't meet him until I was 30. And, and you guys, if, if you haven't yet, you can listen to him on our podcast. He's been on our episode before. But Les, he's a guy's guy. He's always been a provider he works really hard. He himself has been on his own from a very young age. But Les did not have to do what he's done for me in the past. He's He's gone way beyond just being a good part of my community or being a part of my culture. And I can't express enough the difference that he made in my life when I needed to have a father figure of my own. I was still a rough around the edges at best. I had accomplished some things in my life by the time I was thirty. Don't get me wrong, but I was I was still lost. I was still trying to prove something to somebody, and no matter what I had done to that point, it, I still wasn't good enough in my own mind. And yet, starting this business, Les became my first client ever in Reno (laughs) and I still can't believe to this day how things work out the way they do because I just couldn't have asked for a better first client who ended up being uh, a father to me really and when I was struggling with my business he talked to me about you know what Matt if you really love doing what you're doing You're going to be successful. You just can't quit. There's no hill for a climber, right? And I just, those words at that time, it meant everything to me. And especially coming from a man who had done it, who had climbed out of the ditch, who had, had, he'd, he'd been at the lowest points himself, but he made himself into the man he was. And now he was going out of his way to help me to do it. In fact, when I got less as a client, he was my only client, and I had to work at the Gerber baby factory, just stocking food with in these other guys that I worked with were in the prison release program. And there's nothing wrong with that. But after after being a firefighter for several years and having the history I did, this was not where I wanted to be. And I was—I felt like I was starting from rock bottom, and I only had one client, and it was tough. It was so tough. And Les knew that I was struggling, and I—I I just every single time he gave me just a little bit more advice to keep me going. And I even remember it's not about money, but it's more about the gesture. But I'm going to tell you this: that I re- still remember that he. Came into the gym where I trained him and he said, uh, yeah, Matt, look, I just want to pay for six months up front. And I never do that. I never did that. And uh, then uh, I said, no, I can't do that. And uh, we agreed that that wasn't going to be the way I was going to, to bill him. And the next time he came in, he paid for a year up front instead. Right? So, that was, But I, I I needed a check. I needed some money. I had to pay my bills. And, but yet I couldn't say no to this check, but then he, 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 he paid for a year instead of six months. And I felt incredibly uncomfortable with that, but he said, Matt, I know you will do your job. I know you will train me. I know that you won't ever, you know, skip out on me. So I just don't want to have to worry about writing a check every month. And that is not at all why he did that. He did that because he knew I was starving quite literally. (laughs) And and at the time I was, I was living in a basement at a house that was being built and I was allowed to live in that basement because um, you know, nobody really cared and I happened to know a guy who knew a guy that was building the house. And so I only had to pay like $200 a month for rent and it had no heat and it was, you know, it was tough. And so Les knew that, and he knew I was trying hard, and so he did those kind of things, but then more importantly, he also gave me fatherly advice, and he took me under his wing, and he taught me about how he dealt with things in life. I was kind of still an angry kid almost at that point still, and he wasn't going to have it. He wasn't going to let me give up on myself. He wasn't going to see me fall. He would, he would let me fall, but then just teach me how I could get back up and get back up and be stronger and use these lessons that I had learned as an athlete, but get rid of the anger, to get rid of the self-doubt, to stop thinking I wasn't good enough or to s- stop thinking that I didn't have what it took or that I needed to be perfect or that this, that, that the process was all about success. So, you know, all the things I just said, I learned as an athlete, he just reminded me and then guided me about how I could learn to do those things as a human being, as a person in the rest of my life. And then eventually now as a father. So really less, I have to dedicate this podcast to you. I love you with all my heart. And, um, Happy Father's Day. So thanks, guys, for listening. I would love to get you guys to give us some feedback. And if you do want to send us any emails about what you're thinking about, thoughts for the podcast, the questions you have, remember Aaron at PendolaTraining.com. If you'd like to sign up for our newsletter, just go to our website at www.PandolaTraining.com. And again, if you have a moment, if you would write us a review, that would be wonderful. It really does help. I'll talk to you guys next time.